0: Welcome back to another episode of the podcast for I Need Answers. If you haven't heard so far, there's an amazing book out titled I Need Answers, where it answers your questions about the Ethiopian Orthodox Tewahedo Church. And I hope you're listening along to the podcast by now. I, I hope, I hope you are reading the book, because you're going to get a lot out of reading the book instead of just listening to the podcast, even though I'm glad you're back for yet another episode. And if you've been listening to the episodes uh, from the first three, you know what time it is. It's almost, it's always appropriate to begin with a prayer. Let's gather our thoughts in our minds and let's pray in front of our Heavenly Father. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Holy, holy, holy is your name, our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for giving us this time, this second, to glorify your name and to learn about our church and teach us something about our church so we can have stronger relationship with you. Our Heavenly Father, we ask that you bless all the people listening to this podcast, bless their day, bless their family, and all of their loved ones. I ask you, God, to give me the ability to speak, use me as a vessel, and accept the services I offer up on to you. Through the intercession of the Most Holy Theotokos and all of the saints, for blessed are you unto ages of ages. Amen. All right. Let's go ahead and get started because we have quite a lot of things to talk about. Today, we're beginning chapter one. Uh, The first chapter, I just don't get it. I don't, you know, I don't get it. Hopefully, even the title of the chapter will tell you everything you need to know about the chapter. Uh, If you're anything like me and you grew up in America, you know exactly what I'm saying. You walk into the church And and like you see everybody singing and like you see everybody praising God and and just just you you appreciate the church and like you get it like it's important, but you don't get it, you know, like you understand that there's reverence and respect for the church and you want to give that. But like I can't sign on because just everything that the church is doing seems a bit little quite different. I don't know about you, but whenever I sit down and like, I get ready to write a paper or something, in this case, when I was getting ready to write the book, like I always have a hard time thinking about like how to open. Like I don't mind continuing. I could write for hours and hours and hours. But like that first sentence, that first thought is always hard. Like how do you open a book? How do you begin? You know, that's always like a hard thing for me to to think about. And after much thought, I wanted to start out with the history of the church. And I talk about the church being 2,000 years old. Um, again, I'm talking about the church, of course, its roots goes all the way back to Judaic period with uh, the queen of Ethiopia visiting Solomon. But the church in itself is over 2,000 years old. And I talk about that for a reason. I'm not just simply giving you a history lesson. But I'm trying to poke at something there. And I hope you get what I'm trying to do. There are people. In the the course of the 2,000 years. People have been going to this church over and over and over and over. And has been able to survive for this long. I think... Again, I always talk about this as a reoccurring theme. For nothing else, we should be curious enough to say, what is it about this church like, that was able to survive for 2,000 years? Without like, the core teachings and, and the way of worship being changed, it has survived for 2,000 years. That alone should spark some sort of interest within us to study it. This history of the church reminds me of a certain section within the Bible, specifically within the book of Acts chapter 5. It talks about the apostles and how right after the, the crucifixion and the resurrection of Christ, The apostles are going around the city and and preaching that Christ has resurrected. Clearly, the Sanhedrin, the group of the people who crucified Christ, are not happy with the apostles. Because they don't want this movement known as Christianity to to spark and to, to, to begin. So they're trying to do everything they can to contain this movement. So they arrest them, they beat them, they threaten them. And then in Acts chapter 4, they arrest them and they warn them and they tell them, hey, do not teach about Christ. We're telling you, like, we're not playing, we're not bluffing, you better not preach about Christ. And they let him go. In Acts chapter 5, what do they do? They preach about Christ. <laughs> Nothing is holding them back, and they're arrested, and they're about to get crucified, they're about to get killed. When one of them from among them gets up, he's like, wait, wait a minute, let's think about what we're doing. Like these guys keep preaching about Christ, they keep up preaching about Christ. But what if God is on their side? You know, if we're trying to stop the apostles and God is on their side, like we're going to lose. And my the best, my favorite part of it is in verse 39, Acts chapter 5, verse 39. It says, but if it is from God, this man from among them is speaking. He says, but if it is from God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You may even find yourself fighting against God. And then his whole like logic is so let them go, and if they're not from God, they will be stopped. They like they, their movement will will lose um, strength and it will just die out. But it is if it is from God, we are fighting God Himself. Whenever I read this section of the Bible, I think about the Ethiopian Orthodox Auto Church because it has survived for two thousand years, even though all of its environment was against it, like. Christianity is very special, especially the Ethiopian Orthodox Orthodox Church, because it's been persecuted over and over again, all of the correct formulas were put in place to make sure that this church died out, but it didn't. It kept surviving, even though like from a human perspective, it should have died out by now that in its in its own is enough of a reason for us to be curious and to learn. What's so special about this church? And in order to really drive this point home, I talk about... The game Fortnite. Now, please forgive me. Because when I originally was beginning to write this book and I was thinking about this idea, Fortnite was very popular. <laughs> uh, now I, I I haven't heard people talking about it, but back in the day, like everywhere I turned, people were like, oh Fortnite, Fortnite, and they'll do those silly dances and whatnot. And this is how you know how old I am, because <laughs> if I try to dance like that, my back will give out. But you know, it was very popular. And I remember saying, what is it about Fortnite? And I would like Google the game and try to look at it. I haven't tried to practice the dances, but like I told you, I'm just not, I'm not in that circle. And the connection that I was trying to make is, like, Fortnite is this popular game that people have probably tried? Like, if you've heard your friends talk about it, maybe you're intrigued by it and 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 try to learn more about it. Now, this game, chances are, are gonna are gonna kind of die out very soon. I remember when we were young kids. Now you're really about to know how old I am. We used to exchange Pokemon cards, and that was like the big thing. And I remember, like, my dad would laugh and he'd be like, "You know, this thing is not gonna be like lasting. Don't spend all your money because we used to get allowances." Like, our parents would give us allowance. All of the money, we, we, me and my brother, we would go and buy Pokemon cards. He's like, don't waste your money on this thing because it's not going to exist in a few years. And I remember telling him, like, no, like, I well, this is going on forever. Like, even my kids and I will be sharing Pokemon cards. And because I just thought, like, it was, it was just good. But it died out. It died out. Now, here's the church. 2,000 years. And it's going stronger than ever. If earthly things, if these circ- secular things are, are, are causing us to be intrigued and we try new things out in this world all the time simply because a friend recommended it or because we saw it being a trend, why not try out the church for nothing else? For nothing else. When it comes to the Ethiopian Orthodox Auto Church, you've got to understand, like I said, because it's been around for two thousand years it has obviously shaped the history of ethiopia in a very big way like you cannot speak about the history of ethiopia without speaking about the church there's a reason why i'm pointing to this if you find yourself if you're somebody who who go to a protestant church or if you're somebody who's going to Um, a non-Orthodox Saharo church and you see your parents making like a big deal out of it and, and like they're really getting at you and whatnot. There's a reason behind that. It's because the church is seen as the identity of Ethiopia. And most people, especially that grew up in Ethiopia, see abandoning the church as abandoning your country. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, there's a deeper thing behind it and why your parents seem like it's the end of the world. Like, oh, my child is this and that. And obviously I'm not supporting you leave the church, but I'm helping you. I'm helping you see why your parents are putting a lot of emphasis on you staying within the church because the church is seen as the identity of Ethiopia and leaving the church is equal to leaving Ethiopia. Like I said, it is left a stamp in the Ethiopian history, for the record, for the record. I'm not defending the ideology of of staying within the church simply because you're Ethiopian. And obviously, I'm not advocating that you leave the church. All I'm saying is, according to the Bible, not me, but according to the Bible, what we believe in or the church that we go to shouldn't be dependent on where we're from. Like, Christ died for everybody. And as we'll talk about next week, Christ died for the church. So, our goal when we go to church and when we are approaching Christ shouldn't be dependent on where I'm from. It's based on what I believe in. And that's important to understand. But but we'll get into that um, next week. Uh, but back to the church of what the Ethiopian Orthodox Auto Church is. Like... So, if, if, if for 2,000 years, all these people are going to church, and they're finding something interesting about it, and they're finding it intri- intriguing, like, why are you not excited about the church? I remember feeling like, what is wrong with me? Like, What is wrong with me? Right? Like, why are you not feeling as excited as some of the other people next to you? Is there something wrong with you? Well, I think... One of the main reasons why you may not feel as excited about the Ethiopian Orthodox Auto Church as your colleagues is because, well, as you may have already seen, the church largely utilizes Ge'ez language or Ethiopic and Amharic. And if you happen to go to an Eritrean church, they use Tigrinya. Or if you go to, uh, other churches, they use the local language that's used there. So if clearly, if you are a primary English speaker, you're just not going to be able to connect with a sermon that's being given in Amharic or, or Tigrinya. True story. True story. I remember a few years back when I was a young man, I think I was in middle school or something like that. A very prominent Ethiopian Orthodox preacher came from Ethiopia to our local church. And I remember everybody would go and like listen to this preacher give a sermon and people would be crying and people would feel some very like good connection to the sermon. And I wanted to feel what they were feeling. And I remember thinking like, okay, like I want, I want to have the same experience. Like people were very much emotionally like involved with the sermon. So I remember one day I went to listen to the sermon, like, like I want to get the type of feeling they're having. And so I sat down and I started hearing this preacher preach, and you know, he's a very passionate, uh, preacher, and he would stand up, and he would say, zare, motto, and I remember thinking, like, who's, in the like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, w- w- what is this? Now, I happen to listen to Amharic, and I can understand it, but I just, I couldn't relate, like, some of my other brothers and sisters, even though, the sermon was being given by one of the most prominent preachers in the Ethiopian orthodox auto church and if i'm If I bet on it, I bet you're the same way like you can listen to it when you go to Utopia, you can talk to your grandma and dehanaating mu and mu mama like you can do those things, but when it comes down to really getting like a lot out of the sermon it's it's just not the same way and Going back to, like, so in the book, in the chapter, uh, each chapter finishes with a challenge and discussion questions. And, and one of the discussion questions that I bring up is, why are the youth not coming into the church? And I think this is primarily it. Like, if, if, if we're, like, providing services in Amharic and then people are speaking in English, heck, people are just not going to come because they can't relate with it. And you think that's, like, obvious, but, Unfortunately, it's taken a long time. But fortunately, the church is beginning to realize that. And hopefully you are seeing changes in your local church. Like, there are more English uh, services being given. Uh, There are, like, more... Uh, Mazmurs and, and 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 services that are being offered in English, so people like yourselves are able to easily come and relate with the church. I've been uh, blessed enough to work with, I think, two of the like major organizations around uh YOTC Young Orthodox Sahado Christians and they have many many resources uh that we offer on uh, yotc.org and if you go to the YouTube Young OTC you can see a lot of resources that's there for you that wasn't around 6 7 years ago and the same thing is true for UOTY United Orthodox, Orthodox, Orthodox Youth this is another organization that you might have heard about in your local churches. And we offer a lot of services in English so people like you can learn. And I know if you're like in your mid 20s or something, if you have a friend, maybe a special friend, quote unquote, like a girl or a boyfriend who is non Ethiopian, you probably have found it frustrating not to be able to like talk about this church that you're a part of, that, that, that you, you you serve in or that you sing masmur in or whatnot, and you're not able to relate with them simply. Because the resources were not around for you to do so. But now, thank God, the church is seeing the problem and this issue is being mitigated. And I will say, even now, you have an English Ethiopian Orthodox book in front of you. And you are listening to an English Ethiopian Orthodox podcast. Wow, that's amazing. Glory be to God. So clearly, slowly but surely, there are changes being made. But I do believe this is one of the reasons why people just simply can't connect with the church and this is probably why you just can't seem to to have the same like level of of energy and excitement for the church as your parents probably do. The second reason, I think, why you may not be excited or the youth within the Orthodox Auto Church may not be as excited about the church as their parents is because there is a gap in approach to the faith. And by the way, this is not like an Ethiopian versus American thing. This is a generational thing. Like if you go even in America and you talk to, uh you know, people in their 40s or whatever and, and, and how their parents used to uh, approach faith, it was very different. And I think our parents' generation— accepted everything that they were told and of course this is exacerbated in ethiopia so when you tell them hey go to the church they say okay like i'm told to go to the church that's what you do on sundays you go to the church when you're told to fast you're like okay like i'm told to fast i got to fast now i don't know why i don't know why i'm fasting but i'll fast because that's what you do if you're told to read mazmuda you read mazmuda if you're told to take off your shoes take off your shoes okay put on that yes yes okay okay that was the approach of our parents. This generation? Woo, child. Mm, 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 mm. That just doesn't fly very well. Every single thing needs an explanation. Go to the church. But why? Because it's Sunday. But why? We go to church on Sunday. Why? Jesus died for it. But why? 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 And we need an explanation for every single thing that we do. The good news is, once we're able to understand it, we cling on to it like no other. But until we get there, woo, child. Mm, mm, mm. it's a tough thing. It's a tough thing. I always like to ask, which one is better? (laughs) Or better yet, which one is biblical? The faith of our parents' generation? Or our faith? Which asks why? If we are honest with ourselves, we will see that both faiths are confirmed within the Bible, and we are encouraged to do both. Most of the time we talk about our parents' generation and the, the, the approach that they had to the church as a negative thing. I don't think it's completely negative. I think there needs to be a balance between the two. For example, one of uh, my favorite stories within the Bible is, is found in the in the 8th chapter of the book of Luke, the gospel of Luke. And it's about that lady who's bleeding for 12 years. And you've got to think about this. Like, I always say when you read the Bible, don't read it like you're reading some type of history or something. Like, stop and really try to imagine the situation. Like, put yourself in that position. Like, 12 years of bleeding. That's rough. That's hard. Talk about issues. So here's this lady who's gone to all the medical experts in, in, in the hospital and she's tried all type of medication and like nothing seems to work. And she's desperate. And she wants somebody to heal her. And she hears of this amazing Messiah that's in town that happens to heal people. And she leaves her house. Not knowing how, why, Not being able to explain the chemistry or provide a theological explanation of how or what or when she'll be healed. All she knew was she had faith that it was Jesus that was going to save her from the sickness of 12 years. She goes with faith and all she does is she doesn't speak to him. She doesn't talk to him. She simply touches and sets the Fringe of his robe. That's all she needed. The fringe of his robe. Now, let me pause. If it was this generation, I always think if, if this lady was some girl that, that, that existed in our generation and she said, I'm gonna go and Jesus existed today. And she posted on Instagram or Facebook, she said, I'm, I've been sick for 12 years and I'm gonna go and touch the fringe of Jesus's robe. Hashtag healing for today or something like that. How many of us would post there, like, don't be stupid, boo-boo. That's not how it works, boo-boo. Like, you, you know, like, what would we say? Like, clothes is not going to heal you. And then we, 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 it would go viral, like all oh, this. this way. Did you hear about that girl who's going out of her way to touch somebody's wrong? Like, we would make fun of her if she existed today. But when we read the gospel, it was that faith Which said, I will simply touch the fringe of his robe. And the minute she touches it, she's healed. 12 years of disease, 12 years of sickness. Suddenly, it was gone. In the Gospel of Luke chapter 8, verse 48, our Lord and our Master Jesus Christ says to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. If you're listening to this podcast, you're going through some type of trial some type of sickness, or maybe you know someone who has a sickness, practice the faith of this woman. Practice the faith of our parents' generation. Sometimes accepting it and saying, I don't understand how it works. I can't explain how it works, but I know my Lord and my Savior, Jesus Christ, will heal me. I can't explain it. I don't know how it works, but I have faith it will work. Go and try the tablet that your mom gave you and see your sickness going away. Visit the holy monasteries in Ethiopia and feel the presence of God in your life. Be a witness your spiritual life strengthening as you continue to practice the traditions of the church. This type of faith, the faith of our parents' generation, is absolutely important, if not necessary. We simply cannot explain everything. At times, we just have to accept Accept our Lord our Savior Jesus Christ as our Savior. Accept that He can do miracles through the things which He chooses. Sometimes He will heal people through the fringe of His robe. Sometimes He will heal people through holy water. We read in the gospel, sometimes He spit on the ground, took some mud and put it on the face of some guy and He's able to see. All we have to have is faith. The faith of our parents' generation is absolutely important. But it is also very important to question different parts about our church. But like genuine questions to understand, to help us understand why we're doing what we're doing. In the epistle of 1 Peter 3, verse 15, it says the following. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. I'll repeat that. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. How can you explain something you don't understand? You've got to take the time to learn. And when you're learning, it's only appropriate that you continue to ask questions. So if you've got questions about the church... If you got questions about God, if you got questions about salvation, don't feel bad. Ask. That's a good thing. Ask whatever questions that you have. But here's the key. As you're asking, make sure that you stay long enough to get the answer. Don't just ask and then leave, but stay long enough to get the answers to your question. I remember long ago, I was teaching Sunday school, and, and, and the way that we set up the class was we would have lectures three weeks in a row within a month. And then the last week of the month would be discussion questions, like discussion groups, so that people wouldn't just have to sit down and listen to a lecture, but they can also participate. And I remember there was this one particular kid who would sit in the back of the class and he would sleep throughout the lectures, And then in the discussion groups, he would never participate. And I wanted to relate with him and try to understand what I can do as a teacher to help him understand about the Ethiopian Orthodox Orthodox Church. So I approached him and said, hey, brother, I noticed that you sleep in the back of the class during the lectures. Like, what can I do to help you like, understand the church better? He said, you know what? Like... I don't really respond well to lectures. Like, it's too boring for me. And it wasn't a shade or anything like that. It was just like, he was telling me he doesn't do good with lectures. He's just not that kind of guy. And that's not how he processed information. And then I proceeded to ask him, wait, wait, wait. But even in the discussion questions, you don't. You don't participate. You're in the back of the class sleeping. So, so what's up with that? And then he proceeded to tell me, "Well, you know, the thing is, I'm more of a listener, not a talker." (laughs) So, so if he's not (laughs) listening in the in the lectures and not talking in the discussion groups, clearly this person is not ready to hear the answers to his question. Again, there's no problem with asking about the Ethiopian Orthodox Orthodox Church. But you have to do your part and stay long enough to get the answers. So it's appropriate that throughout the book, you keep asking whatever type of questions you have, but you have to be patient enough to listen to the podcast, read through the chapters so you can find the answers that you're looking for. And as a last thought, I will say, make sure you're also reading and doing the challenges at the end of the chapter. This week's challenge is to do a prayer. It's a small prayer. Make sure that you actually take the time and do the challenge, do the prayer. I believe in the power of prayer, and it's only through prayer that we're able to accomplish the things that we do. As far as the discussion questions, I think we've answered most of the questions for this chapter, so I'm not... Going to dwell on it too much, but uh, you know, you can discuss in your local groups and and hopefully you'll be able to get everything that you want. So that concludes the episode for today. I hope you guys were able to learn something and and stay tuned for next week as we continue to go through the chapters. And some chapters I'm going to do one episode, some chapters I'm going to do two episodes. I just want to make sure that we cover all the things that we need to cover. And if you guys have questions, please send me. Uh, your questions privately and I'll try to address them here on the podcast, hopefully. And I pray that everybody has a blessed day. If it's evening, have a good night and, and hope to see you all back next week. God bless.